The next general that I'm going to discuss has some striking similarities to Julius Caesar in terms of the circumstances of his birth and early life, his shrewdness and adventurousness in his military campaigns, and his legendary alliances and feuds. Yet, in temperament, Julius Caesar and Tokugawa Ayasu could not be more different. Where Caesar was conciliatory to a fault, Tokugawa was very harsh and unrelenting when he was betrayed. Where Caesar strove to be a man of his word, unless it involved paying back a debt, Tokugawa could make a peace pact with you in the morning and be besieging your castle by that afternoon. Both men were nakedly ambitious, and they came of age in very competitive societies, where you either had to be the best or die in the pursuit. Yet, Caesar's ambition rubbed the upper classes the wrong way, but Tokugawa's fame grew amongst the aristocracy as his ambitions grew. But I think the similarities far outweigh the differences. The Sengoku the Jedi, or Warring States period of Japanese history, is probably the most well-known period besides the Meiji Restoration in the World War II era. Samurai, ninjas, kenjutsu, which is Japanese sword fighting, seppuku, harakiri, and even the names of some of the largest global brands like Honda, Suzuki, Toyota, Yokohama, Kawasaki, Toshiba, etc. come from this medieval Japanese era. The Western lens has romanticized the Sengoku period somewhat, and the samurai even more so. But for the purposes of this podcast, I want to make it clear that great does not always have to mean honorable, but I guess that might just be the Slytherin in me saying that. Tokugawa Ayasu was the founder of the Tokugawa clan and the first shogun of the Tokugawa shogunate that ruled Japan from 1600 until the Meiji Restoration of 1868. He got his start in medieval Japanese politics as one of the chief lieutenants of Oda Nobunaga, the first daimyo to attempt to unite Japan during the Sengoku period. Tokugawa didn't actually go by Tokugawa until a little later, so as I discuss him, I'll use whatever name he was going by at the time. Tokugawa Ayasu was born Matsudaira Takachiyo on January 31st, 1543, which is the 26th day of the 12th month of the 11th year of Tenbun, according to the Japanese calendar. He was the son of Matsudaira Hiratada and Lady Odai of the Mizuno clan. His parents were step-siblings and only 17 and 15, respectively, when Takachiyo was born. The Matsudaira clan split that same year over a disagreement between Hiratada and his brother Matsudaira Nobutaka over whether or not the Matsudaira clan, who controlled the province of Mikawa in southeast Honshu, should ally themselves with the Imagawa Suguru province or the rising Oda clan over Wari province. Nobutaka defected to the Oda clan, which gave the Oda courage to attack the ancestral home of the Matsudaira, Okazaki Castle. Takachiyo's maternal grandfather also died that year, the, the daimyo Mizuno Tadamasa, and his heir, Takachiyo's uncle Mizuno Nobumoto, decided not to renew the bonds of fealty with the Matsudaira and also declared for the Oda. So what's to be assumed here is that the uh, the Oda were making entreaties with both disaffected Matsudaira retainers like Hiratada's younger brother and the heir to the Mizuno clan, who was Hiratada's brother-in-law, so that they could cut the Matsudaira off on either side. As a result, Takachiyo's parents divorced 
and his father sent her mother, his mother back to the Mizuno clan. Soon both parents remarried into rival clans and had more children after. And some of those children would become Takachiyo's loyal retainers and other his bitter enemies. So 1543 was a pretty tough year for the Matsudaira clan, even as they welcomed a new heir. But at least they weren't extinguished like some other clans would be soon. The daimyo, or head of the older clan, Oda Nobuhide, began assaulting Okazaki Castle and the surrounding countryside in Mikawa. And in 1548, Matsudaira Tada reached out to the neighboring Imagawa clan for assistance. The daimyo of that clan, Imagawa Yoshimoto, agreed to an alliance on the condition that Hirotada send his son Takachiyo to Sanpu Domain, which is the capital of the Imagawa, as a hostage. Hirotada conceded, but Oda Nobuhito learned of this arrangement and kidnapped young Takachiyo as he was en route to Sanpu. Poor Takachiyo was only five years old when this happened. Nobuhide threatened to kill Takashio unless Hirotado severed all his ties with the Imagawa. But Hirotado refused to do so, believing that sacrificing his own son and heir would show the Imagawa how serious he was about their alliance. So he tells Oda Nobuhide, go ahead and kill him, which kind of stunned the Oda Nobuhide. He decided not to kill Takachio, and instead he just sort of like languished in a temple, Manshoji Temple in Nisoya. The temple was far off in the mountains and it wasn't easy to reach, so young Matsudaira Takachito was relatively safe and well cared for, for a little while at least. In 1549, Matsudaira Hirotado was murdered by his retainers who had been bribed by the Oda clan, but the Oda also lost their leader when Oda Nobuhide died from a plague later on that year. The loss of Hirotada pretty much transferred power to the Imagawa, who had basically been running things anyway. But the loss of Nobuhide hit the Oda clan much harder. Seizing on this confusion within the Oda clan, Imagawa Yoshimoto ordered his kinsman, Iwagata Sese, who had much more of a head for intrigue than Hirotada did, to raise an army and lay siege to the castle where the new daimyo, Oda Nobuhiro, was living. Sese also offered Nobuhiro's younger brother, Oda Nobunaga, a deal wherein Sese would give up the siege on the Oda Daimyo if Takachiyo, who was heir to the Matsudaira clan and Okazaka castle, would deliver back into the Imagawa's hands. Nobunaga agreed, and Takachiyo, who was now almost nine years old, was taken to Sanpu, where he was now a hostage of the Imagawa. There he was groomed so much to view himself and his clan as vassals to the Imagawa. But as we will later see, young Takachiyo had his own mind. At 15, he underwent his coming of age ceremony, the Gimbuku, and took the name Matsudaira Jirobosu Motonobu. Afterward, he briefly visited Okazaki Castle to pay his respects to his father and also to receive the homage of his retainers. Now, I want to double back for a second to discuss the Sengoku Jedi. As I stated before, it lasted from about 1467 to 1600, and it was an age of constant social and political upheaval, much like the crisis of the Roman Republic into which Julius Caesar was born. The period was initiated as a result of the Onin War, which collapsed the Japanese feudal system that had operated under the Ashikaga Shogunate. Essentially, a vacuum of power arose when infighting brought down the Ashikaga 
And the phenomenon of Gekakujo, which means low conquest, high, began. During this time, the larger land holdings of the daimyo started to be carved up by their retainers, breaking these large land holdings up into many smaller land holdings that then warred with each other pretty much constantly. Clans were established and extinguished very quickly and regularly, and most men spent their whole lives at war. It's ironic that the aftermath of the Oni Wars did the exact opposite thing to Japanese land wealth that the Punic Wars did to Roman land wealth, but the result was the same, a breakdown in the social and political structure that held these two societies together. The, Jap the emperor of Japan was still the nominal leader of Japan. However, his role was largely ceremonial and he represented the cultural and religious heart of Japan rather than being a political or military leader. The emperor delegated those duties to a shogun who had retainers who were called daimyos. Over time, a shogun would lose control of his daimyos and their fighting would resume with clans forsaking long-held alliances pretty much whenever the mood suited them. The ultimate goal of any daimyo was to capture Kyoto, the imperial city, and become the shogun of the emperor. Like I said earlier, the Warring States period brought us the famed samurai and the samurai code, as well as the legends of the assassin ninja clans and the Ikoiki, the warrior monks who lived high up in their mountaintop temples. Hollywood movies like Last Samurai tend to paint this time period with a pretty romantic brush, especially the nature of the samurai, with several myths being propagated about samurai culture, such as the phrase, death before dishonor. Nowadays, we know it as a famous slogan of the U.S. Marine Corps, but it was long attributed to the samurai due to their practice of seppuku. Seppuku is sometimes referred to as harakiri, and it's basically... Uh, ritual suicide that disgraced and defeated samurai their families and their retainers would commit usually by like slicing their bellies open uh horizontally <laughs> now this death before dishonor coming from the samurai has long since been debunked and the japanese likely imported that concept from the chinese confucian quote a great man should die with grace Rather than surviving like an intact tile, you should die like a shattered pearl. Which seems a little extreme to me, but okay. The romanticization of the samurai would also have us believe that the samurai held loyalty sacred. But the truth is, the greatest samurai, like the one I'm talking about today, switch sides all the time, sometimes during battles. Assassination either by your retainers or by ninja, was a pretty common way to die. Although the samurai looked down on the ninja that they employed. And any perceived weakness in the ruling daimyo meant that his head could very easily end up on a spike and be put there by the same men he raised up. The daimyos had the dual responsibility of both providing a safe haven for the peasants living on their lands and fertile plunder for their restless samurai, lest they be overthrown. The samurai didn't want peace. War was how they enriched themselves and their families. War was how they secured peace, which is a very um, ironic thing to say. But yeah, if there was no war, then there was no point for samurai. So they had to do what they had to do to maintain their place in society. So this meant continual warfare and deception. 
Adamio could not afford to lose, and so the combined embarrassments of his own brother and brother-in-law defecting to the Oda clan plus his sons captured by the Oda made Matsudaira Hirotada look especially weak to his retainers, which is how he ended up dying. Some historians believe that Imagawa Yoshimoto, whose lands bordered Mikawa and were on the way to Kyoto, conspired to have Hiratada assassinated so he could take possession of his heir Takachiyo, which would then give him nominal rule over Mikawa as well as Suguru. Ironically, during the Sengoku period, the ninja, who were familial clans of assassins for hire, were the most loyal group during this period, despite their reputation for deception. Uh, and they mostly had that reputation because they used poison and stealth weapons and later on firearms to uh, kill the people they were hired to kill, which seemed dishonorable to the proud samurai who thought it was more elegant to take your enemy head on with your sword and more honorable to be killed by an enemy that you could see. So next episode, Motenabu takes some new names on and some new allies and a whole lot of new enemies. Join me next time for more Musings on History.